Hello, and welcome back to the Reshape Your Health podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Morgan Nolte, and each week on this podcast, I share the knowledge, tips, and strategies you need to get healthy, lose weight, and prevent disease. Today is an extra special episode because I get to speak with Toby Amador. She has a long and impressive list of credentials and experience. Toby is a best-selling cookbook author, leading dietitian, and recipe developer. She is the founder of Toby Amador Nutrition, where she provides nutrition and food safety consulting services for individuals, restaurants, and food brands. Her cookbooks include Smart Meal Prep for Beginners, The Easy Five-Ingredient Healthy Cookbook, The Healthy Meal Prep Cookbook, The Greek Yogurt Kitchen, and The Best Rotisserie Chicken Cookbook Ever. Of course, I will link to these in the show notes for today's episode, which you can find at reshapept.com forward slash blog forward slash 11, the number 11. For 11 years, Toby has been a nutrition expert for foodnetwork.com, and she's a regular contributor to blogs like U.S. News and World Report, Men's Journal, Muscle and Fitness, and Shape. If all of that wasn't enough to impress you, she also has her own Ask the Expert column in today's Dietitian Magazine and has appeared on the Dr. Oz show. Many of you listening to this podcast may not know that the ultimate driving force behind starting Reshape, my business, was seeing my dad's declining health. He was in what I call the gray zone of healthcare. Overweight, sedentary, he had high blood pressure and type 2 diabetes, And needless to say, as a geriatric physical therapist, I was worried about his health trajectory. I created Reshape out of a deep desire to help my dad and others like him lose weight and prevent diseases like type 2 diabetes and high blood pressure that are becoming way too common in America. That's why I'm so excited to speak with Toby today. Her new cookbook, the Create Your Plate Diabetes Cookbook, is in alignment with my mission. Besides that, I'm always looking for good resources for my clients and course members because I know that meal planning can be a difficult habit to adopt, so the simpler, the better, and Toby ascribes to this philosophy too. Delicious and nutritious meals don't have to be time-consuming, expensive, or complicated. In this interview, Toby and I talk about her approach to help people better manage type 2 diabetes and her upcoming cookbook that comes out in the middle of March, the Create Your Plate Method that she created with the American Diabetes Association. And she gives really practical tips and strategies to improve your nutrition if you do have diabetes so that you don't see those highs and lows with your blood sugar. With all that being said, let's go ahead and dive into the interview. Hi, Toby. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm excited to talk to you and just share some of your knowledge and wisdom and insight about diabetes with my audience. So first of all, I just want you to tell um, everybody a little bit about yourself and why you chose to get into nutrition. Well, first, Morgan, thanks so much for having me. And a little bit about myself, a really fun fact, my mom and I went to nutrition school at NYU together. So I didn't know what I wanted to do. My parents kind of sat me down. We're like, what do you want to do? Mom's in nutrition. That's her second career. And I took some nutrition classes and I really, really love them. And then I did my master's degree at NYU. So that's actually what originally got me into it. Um, And then while I was teaching, one of my first jobs was teaching um, nutrition for chefs, for culinary professionals. And I did nutrition and food safety at a culinary school downtown New York City. And they used me a lot for media and PR and TV and radio. And so 
and that was in uh, 1999. And so I loved it so much, I just ended up in a path that took me more towards being a media dietitian. Cool. So yeah, how, how come you started your own business and, and what does your current business look like and what do you offer to people? So I do a lot of B2B consulting. Um, I do a spokesperson work. Um, I develop content. I write for about five or six national publications and also give hundreds of uh, media interviews a year. Um, I'm on television. I do television spots on local and national TV shows, and I also write cookbooks. So I do a whole, like, I always say salad of things, um, and I love it, Um, and I just love taking on, like, brand new projects and, you know, things that definitely um, make me think more. Mm-hmm. And kind of reaching the masses, but w- with yeah. using media instead of the one-on-one consulting type of things. Okay. Yeah. You ha- like you mentioned, you have a lot of cookbooks and we're going to talk about <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> one of them today. And I'm going to link to all of those cookbooks in the show notes for my audience so that, you know, they can go right to the create your plate book or look at all of your other books with the meal prep and stuff like that. But Today, we're going to talk about diabetes. Um, I'm really passionate about this topic, as you know. Um, It runs in my family, and I've treated a lot of patients with diabetes, and I'm super passionate about disease prevention when at all possible. So what are the basic nutritional principles that you teach someone with diabetes? So first thing um, that I like to do is always recommend to have a team of a physician and also a registered dietitian, especially one who um, specializes in diabetes, and they're called certified diabetes educators. So look for a CDE on top of the RD. Um, And then I always, when I actually, because I'm a clinical dietitian by trade, so when I had uh, patients who were diabetic or newly diabetic, you really want to look at your food groups. And the three main food groups that actually contain carbs include fruits, Um, carbohydrates, which also have sugary foods in them. So any kind of cakes, cookies, those would have them too, but so would starchy foods and whole grains like brown rice or potatoes, Um, and then dairy products. So it could be milk, cheese, or yogurt. Um, And so you want to really look at your plate in that way. And and the method that I use, um, which is the create your plate method, um, takes a look at those basic three food groups. The added sugars, you really don't want on your plate very much. And so all the recipes in my cookbook are approved by the American Diabetes Association. um, And they're minimal and added sugar. That's why I kind of focus on those food groups of fruit, dairy, um, and carbohydrates, including any kind of starchy vegetables or whole grains or even legumes in there too. Okay. So what advice do you have for somebody looking to get off their diabetes medications? So a type one di- uh, diabetic will need their insulin. They, they can't get off of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're type two, it depends. Sometimes it's possible. Sometimes it's not possible, depending on the severity, depending on your individuality, because everybody is different. Um, but really what you want to do is good control of that A1C and that blood sugar. So really following um, how many carbs and, you know, your plates, your three meals should be balanced with all your different types of foods that provide carbohydrates um, is really important. But also getting in your fiber, um, minimizing your fried foods, um, minimizing your added sugars, because those added sugars can also um, get those, uh, you know, your glucose levels very high. So you definitely want to keep an eye on your diet, a very close eye to it. And physical activity 
is another component. As long as you're cleared by your doctor, you want to, again, like I said, you work with your doctor to make sure you're doing what you're supposed to be doing um, with their permission. So there's a ton of information about diabetes out there. I've done a lot of personal research and I know it can be confusing and overwhelming and there's a lot of conflicting um, information out there. And I wanted to know, why did you write this new cookbook and kind of what gap does it fill in the current information that's online? So first I want to address the different, you know, information you're hearing about diabetes. Um, uh, This is by the American Diabetes Association, and they come out with a ton of amazing cookbooks um, and information on their website. So I would probably, if you're going to look anywhere, I would filter. They have so much information. There's no need to look anywhere else. So I, I would look there and that is reputable information. Um, Second, why did I create this cookbook? Because there's numerous ways that a diabetic can look at, and I used to educate on these various ways, um, can look at or count their carbs or, um, and this create your plate method is just really easy. You don't have to count anything. All the recipes in my cookbook are American Diabetes Association approved. So if you just follow it and put the portion there, you're good to go and make your plate that way. And even the principles in it, which we'll get to in, in a few minutes, um, is, is very, very simple. And as long as you can follow it, your blood sugar should be under control. Again, if you have any questions, just work along with your registered dietitian to help you out because some people, you know, are, are different larger body size or smaller body size and they need less or more calories. So you can tweak it a little bit with a registered dietitian if needed. Mm-hmm. And like you said, if they follow it, like which is so important, you have right. to find something that's simple and easy and doable yeah. and sustainable. So it, that's kind of why... I like this this idea of creating your plate and just having a more systematic approach to structuring your meals in a healthy way that's repeatable um, and easy to do. So tell us a little bit more about the five steps for the create your plate method so people get a, a more specific idea about what it's about. So the five steps that you want to do is going to be on a plate, okay? So think of you don't want the hugest nine-inch plate. It's about a seven-inch dinner plate. And then you're going to divide it in half. Now, if you have an issue, then take little toothpicks and, you know, you could divide it that way. Um, And then until you kind of get the idea of it. But visually, cut it in half and then half that plate should be non-starchy vegetables like cauliflower, broccoli, spinach, okay? So that goes on one half of your plate. Then a quarter of your plate should be lean proteins. So it could be lean beef, lean pork, it could be fish, eggs, or it could even be plant-based proteins, beans, or if you want tofu. Um, the other quarter of the plate, um, you want to have carb foods because you, you need those grams of carbs. So you want healthy choices though. So something like grains, um, brown rice or quinoa, um, you can use it for fruit if you want or yogurt um, is another choice. Um, So you do have a choice what you're going to put in that starchy section. And then, of course, you want to finish it off. Step four is having a beverage that's no calories. I like water. Um, And then healthy fat, which helps slow down digestion. So if you want a little piece of avocado, a few olives, if salt is not an issue for you, you know, you could do that as well. Okay. Well, yeah, I was going to touch, I was going to ask about the fat because a lot of people that I work with are so afraid of fat and it Mm -hmm. takes some education to say, Hey, fat doesn't make you fat. That's good for you. It's necessary for your health. So 
Yeah. Tell me a little bit more. Um, I want to dive into different occasions where people mm. might say, well, what about this? Or what about dessert? Or what about eating out? So tell me how somebody can modify the create your plate method when eating out or at a special occasion. I'm a huge advocate of what I call exception meals, um, which are you know, the meals that you don't cook and that aren't so structured. And it's harder to stay on your plan, I think, when you're encountering those situations. So can you give us some advice about how we can kind of stick to the create your plate method when eating out or at a special occasion? Well, that's the beauty of the the plate. You can actually look at whatever's in the room. Let's say you're going to a party and you can look at your plate and say, okay, where are the vegetables here? And put half the plate of your vegetables. Where are the starches? And you can't have, you like if it's something like Thanksgiving where it's a very starchy holiday, yeah. you can't have everything. Ask for, you know, you could take sometimes, they allow you to take leftovers home or you can make it at home. But look what you could put in that quarter of a plate and take like a spoonful of maybe two or three items. Um, and then of course you have um, your protein. Look what's on the protein. So you can create as long as you know what fits into those categories, you can create a nice plate. And if you want dessert, let's say, then cut back, it's usually starchy. So cut back on the starches on your regular plate and leave it for dessert. Um, and so you're using that simple, simple concept and you're able to eat out, right? You look at a menu, where's your protein? Where's your carb? Where's your, um, your, star, your, what is it? Protein, carb, and then Vegetable. your veg vegetables. Yeah. Right? Non-starchy vegetables. Non-starchy yeah. vegetables. And a lot of times they may have a side dish. Broccoli is very easy to find on a menu. Um, sauteed mushrooms. So you can find salad, like without the dressing, you can ask for, you know, vinaigrette on the side. So these are really easy concepts to do both at a party. And then also um, if you're eating out kind of anywhere. So would you consider, I'm a big dessert girl and especially being pregnant, sometimes you get those sweet cravings. Yeah. Um, so tell me just to clarify with the diabetes plate method, would you put like a quarter of the plate instead of a healthy starch, would that be a dessert to replace kind of a carb for a carb or is it a separate little dessert plate? How would you visualize that? I probably, I, I don't like the sweets on my savory plate. So I would yeah. leave that part empty and then okay. put it on a little other plate. But again, this shouldn't be an everyday occurrence. I mean, dessert yes. should be part of your, you know, healthy eating plan, but it's not an everyday thing. It's something if you have a party on a weekend or, you know, holiday time, um, that's okay. But again, those sugars, simple sugars from cakes, cookies, and desserts will actually make your blood sugar go up, you know, quick. That's why you really want to look for um, desserts that have some healthy component, whether it has some whole grains in it, you know, maybe they use some whole wheat flour in there or some fruit, like a poached pear. At least you can use that on the quarter of your plate and you're getting something nutritious. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all about the dessert. So I always like always like hearing about how people incorporate sweets into their, into their healthy lifestyle. I tell people it's okay to have an exception meal, but what's not okay is if you have exceptions every single day when you're yeah. trying to lose weight. Um, and then if you have an exception meal on one day, let's try to stop it right there and not let that trickle into your behavior over the next three or four days before you get back on track. So mm -hmm. encouraging people to just get back on track as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. And I know that you already have a couple of meal prep books, and this seems to be um, such a great lifestyle habit to develop, prepping your food, planning your food, 
but a lot of people just aren't used to it. I think a lot of my clients are busy and they're on the go and maybe they have people that they live with that aren't fully on board with this healthy lifestyle. So I wanted to, I'll, I'll direct them to some of your current meal prep resources, but could you give us just some ideas? If somebody wants to use the create your plate method, um, what are some tips for meal prepping there? So again, when you have your meal prep box, I probably get some what they have sections and that can help you exactly like the plate, right? So it's like mimicking the plate. So again, it's the same concept. So like even in this book, um, the current book, the Create Your Plate Cookbook, I have a skillet tofu and cabbage. So you can put that tofu in that quarter. You could put the cabbage um, in the half a plate and then add more, but you want to add more vegetables to it to fill half a plate. And then you do want some sort of starch or grain to go in the other quarter. So it's the exact same concept and you can actually use a lot of the recipes in the Create Your Plate cookbook for meal prepping. Another thing that I like to remind people, you do not need to meal prep only one day a week. If you used to like salads and fresh fruit and vegetable, they're not going to last an entire week or five days during the week. So I like to meal prep like a little bit Sunday and a little, because I drive all my kids, I have three kids and I drive them around everywhere, volleyball and ballet and I so you know I, I don't have the time to go to the store to create so I will do a little bit of meal prepping like Sunday and then Wednesday is my other day and that's another way to help minimize food waste in your own house with all those fresh if you if you're a fresh fruit and vegetable I also love canned canned beans one of the best yeah. go-to things proteins or vegetables they actually count as either or and for diabetics um, and also for um a healthy eating plan. So I love, I love canned too. And frozen. I, I use a lot frozen. of frozen vegetables frozen peas and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I didn't tell you this, but my husband's a farmer oh. and yeah, he farms corn and beans and he farms with his dad. And so part of the farmer's wife job is taking them meals uh, during harvest and planting in the fields. So that's kind of fun to see them in their element. And we do use the food, you know, a, a a Tupperware container that's divided, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so usually I'm putting the meat and potatoes because that's what the farmers want in the big section. And you're saying, why don't you mix it up and trick them and put a bunch of broccoli or healthy, yummy vegetables? I love vegetables mm-hmm. in the big section, and mm-hmm. then put the protein, like for example, the meat in the quarter section, mm-hmm. and then maybe some healthy roasted potatoes in or another healthy starch like brown rice quinoa etc and the other exactly and i would love to see my father-in-law's reaction when he sees all of those healthy vegetables well you have to remember remember like think of the 1980s even 90s where when you looked on a plate it was a big chunk of and you know maybe two pieces of carrots on the side and we've come to realize that that's you know it's a little bit too you know meat is fine you know if that's the lifestyle you would like just choose lean lean cuts and just make it a lot smaller, you know, three or four ounces and then up the vegetables. Right. I teach people the exact same thing. I say, you know, just you're used to seeing meat as the center of your dish. And we really need to focus on non-starchy vegetables Mm -hmm. and more nutrient packed foods as, as the main part of the dish with more volume. Right. So Mm -hmm. I will give that a try and I bet he's going to like it. He's he likes being healthy. Well, I have in the Create Your Plate cookbook, I have a slow cooker ratatouille. 
Yeah. So it's cooked uh, a bunch of low, uh, low carb vegetables is cooked up beautifully. Um, That sounds really good. And slow cooker meals are great during the busy seasons, like harvest and planting. And yeah, after I have a baby, after yeah. you have baby, yes. <laughs> Great. So I'm, you know, I'm a big dessert girl. I'm also a big flavor girl. Like if it's not good, I'm not going to waste my time making it or eating it. Like what I always say, I want to save my calories for the good stuff. Um, so how can, how can we boost the flavor in dishes without kind of wrecking their, um, health quality? So I like to give, um, there's eight flavor boosters that I usually use uh, and you'll find it throughout all my recipes. Um, So herbs and spices have very, very few calories. So that's a really nice way if you're trying to also watch your carbs because they don't have very many carbs at all. Um, So like oatmeal, I'll use cinnamon. Actually, if I'm doing oatmeal from scratch um, and it's a longer cooking, if you do like an Irish oats, you can actually put the stick in there, the cinnamon stick, and you can even smell the cinnamon in your house. It's it's so nice. and then juices I'll use for diabetic. You just, if you know, you want to watch how much juice you, you, you use, but it's better than also using butter. So even if you use a few tablespoons in a dressing or if you use it just to flavor your fish or your marinade along with, you know, you're using some vinegar and oil in there too, but it adds like citrus juice. I use a lot. Um, okay. it adds I was going to ask really so what nice type of juice flavor. did you mean? I didn't know if you meant like meat juice drippings or oh no juice like lime juice yeah fruit fruit juices or you can okay. actually use vegetable juices too like a tomato yeah. juice okay. um but yeah something like a lemon juice or a lime juice I, um very easy to make like a lime cilantro chicken um so very easy to flavor it or lemon chicken um but i'll also use like like i said orange juice i'll put a little bit inside a marinade and you don't need that yeah. much and it's it's going to add flavor and you know a tablespoon or two is not going to add that many carbs in there so that's yeah. you know i'd use it in that in that way um vinegar like a balsamic a red wine an apple cider vinegar they add a lot of flavor and so again carbs aren't there um stocks so a vegetable stock or and you can cook your greens in any kind of vegetable stock that you're you know you have or chicken stock or whatever you shellfish stock whatever you like to make um you can even cook some saute vegetables you know just add some of the stock just for a little bit of flavor um salsa i like to use um and that's a way because it's just cut up tomatoes i mean there are different types of salsa right and it's very few calories there so you can use them really nicely um, what else do I like to use? Ah, extracts, like a vanilla extract. Yeah. I'll use it. It's a nice way to really up the flavor in certain dishes. Almond extract and some baking. You can really add some nice flavor as long as you're not allergic. Um, but those are just some, some really simple ways to add flavor. Yeah. I think sometimes I just get lazy, you know, and I forget to, yeah. <laughs> to boost the flavor and it would be more, it would be more, uh, delicious if I did sometimes. So but That's even using, sorry, even using like aromatics. So did you ever notice there's some like garlic and onions? They yeah. have like yeah. really aromatic. So just using a small amount of a very flavorful vegetable will get a really nice, you know, smell in the house and, and just add that flavor and aroma to a dish. And it doesn't take a lot of time. Mm-mm. It just takes just a smidge of intention getting the stuff in the house and it keeps a long time. So Mm -hmm. you can use it over and over. So just kind of being more intentional to add more flavor to the food so that you're more likely to enjoy the food and eat the food and not go out to eat and make choices. Yeah. So what are some of your favorite tips for lightening up 
favorite dishes? Sure. Sometimes it's just about really simple swaps. So instead of, let's say, heavy cream to thicken a soup, sometimes I'll just use a, a regular whole milk or a, a reduced fat 2% milk. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say for beef, instead of a ground beef that's higher in fat, I'll use a leaner cut that's 90% or higher in terms of lean. Um, I look for the let's say sour cream, I'll look for a reduced fat version for cheeses. Cheeses are a little tricky because I definitely, if I'm using a lot of it on, on a dish, I'll go for a like part skim or reduced fat. But sometimes if I just use a small amount, like of a blue cheese, a regular blue cheese, and I just use an ounce in a dressing for a salad, I, that I can use the regular because just a little bit of that really flavorful um, cheese goes a really long way. So, but if I'm using a lot, let's say mozzarella on, on a pizza, like I'll go for a part skim. Um, and so they're really easy ways to lighten things up. Even if a cake calls for a, a certain amount or um, a pie calls for a certain amount, let's say of sugar, you can actually cut back on that. And yeah, right jams. there. Yeah, or my mother and like my mother-in-law and I make strawberry jam about every year or applesauce and all those recipes, they have about as much sugar as strawberries, just like you were saying, cut back on the sugar. You don't need it all. Yeah. So if you just look at that recipe from, you know, even if it's a recipe you absolutely love, just look at the couple of ingredients. You could do simple swaps, just like I said, lower the fat of the meat or change it to a lighter Mm -hmm. version of whatever condiment that is. Um, You can just shave off calories and a lot of times saturated fat and carbs that, you know, may not be that healthy. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite things to say is usually the the better choice or the best choice is right next to the not so good choice in the grocery store. And looking at the labels can really help somebody make a better choice between the two regarding like hidden sugar in a food or mm-hmm. added salt or kind of like you were talking about the, the higher proportion of fat meat versus the 90% or, or greater lean. So I think that's a good reminder that just going into the store with some intentionality and educating yourself a little bit more about what's in the food and what's in the ingredients and making some healthy swaps can go a long ways, especially if if you make those decisions on a consistent, regular basis over the years, it can add up. And um, two things I just want to add to that. First of all, the added sugar, you're going to start seeing those on the label. So it's going to be much easier to differentiate what, and a lot of companies have already started doing it well ahead of the 2020. It's this year that they have to come out with it. So a lot of companies, you already see the added sugar parsed out. And if you don't see it on the labels, they've already changed a lot of companies on online. So you can even look on their online websites. I was wondering about that because I do teach people look for added sugar, but up to this point, not all of the labels had it. And it's right. really hard to determine sometimes, especially if you don't yep. have that nutritional background, is this added sugar or is this natural sugar from the fruit or the lactose and the dairy? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm su- that that's 2020 you said. So yeah, everything a lot of them is this coming. year should have it. It should. And Good. if not the websites, a lot of companies have already updated their websites to reflect the new label. So you can look, you know, there's various locations you can look. Um, And the other thing I wanted to add in, because you were talking about shopping, which you can go to your butcher, to your fishmonger in your supermarket, they will cut for you whatever portion size you want. And a Mm -hmm. lot of people are like nervous to ask or they're shy to ask. And I've broken that barrier for myself. And now I say, I need, (laughs) you know, one and a quarter pounds of this because, you know, I know how many people I want to feed. 
mm-hmm. um, if you want your fish like cut into whatever portions, they will do it. And let me tell you, their knives are much sharper than yours at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think that that can be a lot more affordable too. I, I've done a, oh, yeah. I did a post a long time ago about a cut of salmon at Costco and um, you know, just pre-portion, even if you want to buy it in bulk, you can pre-portion it yourself too. Even you got to have a sharp knife, kind of like you're talking about, but it can be a lot more affordable if you go direct to the butcher or, or buy in bulk, I think, than kind of buying some of the pre-packaged stuff. I even buy the shredded mozzarella from Costco in bulk mm-hmm. and then I'll take it in, and you can actually freeze them. So I'll Ziploc the bags. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just a way I help because I, you know, my kids and I just love cheese. My family yeah. used to own a cheese store when I was a girl. Oh, so cool. I still have that. Um, but those are just, we, you know, the Costco or a lot of these stores too, you get a big ground meat and I divide it into Ziploc bags and yep. I put it into my freezer. It's, yep. I love it. Like we talked about, it takes thought and it takes intention, but they're simple things. And if you just keep making one simple change after another simple change, after a while, you're going to be a healthy person, but it, yep. it takes, it takes some intentionality. Mm-hmm. So here's a question that I have for you. Some of my favorite breakfast recipes are chia seed pudding and smoothies. Um, I try to convince people to put spinach in their smoothies. Um, but you know, Mm -hmm. some things for breakfast, especially we're drinking it on the go or it goes in a bowl. So can you talk about how, you know, give us some tips for incorporating the create my plate method into breakfast that doesn't always go on a plate. So a lot of times we know breakfast isn't um, as big a meal. It's a smaller meal than your lunch and your dinner. Mm-hmm. And so you don't have to look at this whole plate. You have to fill it to the rim. Uh, you don't, but you do want to get your food groups in there as much as you can. Um, so if you only fill half your dinner plate or you do a small plate with it, at least two out of the three food groups, that's okay too. Um, and so if you like your chia seed pudding, you have seeds yeah. in there. And then what do you make it with? Let's say you make I it with- use the unsweetened almond milk, unsweetened, mm-hmm. unsweetened vanilla almond milk, um, chia seeds, and then a high protein, um, low sugar Greek yogurt. Mm-hmm. And then in the morning, I'll top it usually with walnuts and almonds and blackberries, raspberries, blueberries, strawberries. So I, I kind of think of it as, do I have my healthy fat? Do I have my fiber? Do I have my protein? Mm-hmm. But I don't have any vegetables there. But right, so you don't have. That's um, okay. So, but you're having. Um, you're have, the Greek yogurt counts as the dairy. Just as mm-hmm. a side, almond milk is a nice beverage if that's what you like to put it with. But it will yeah. not count towards your dairy servings because it does just doesn't have the uh, nutrients. The um, yeah, dietary guidelines. hardly anything in it really. Right, the dietary guidelines just doesn't count. It, but the Greek yogurt does. So you're topping it with mm-hmm. that. You have some seeds. Um, also, which can count in the protein category. So you have mm-hmm. some of that and the Greek yogurt carries protein, but we're counting it for now as a, a, a dairy and a, and a carb. Um, and so, yeah, you don't have the vegetables if you wanted to, and you have some fruit in there. So you have a little of both. You just mm-hmm. have to be careful in terms of how much yogurt and fruit you don't want to, because someone with the blood sugar as a, as a diabetic, mm-hmm. the blood sugar might go too high. So just be careful with how much of those you want to do a quarter of, your, of that meal sort of with that. Um, I like using the berries too, because those are mm -hmm. higher in fiber, lower in sugar. Mm -hmm. So they're just a little bit less. Mm -hmm. um, They they stimulate your blood sugar a little bit less than some of the higher sugar, lower fiber fruits. So I try to help people, you know, if you're going to eat fruit, let's, let's eat some fruit with more fiber in it. 
So yeah, berries are, are absolutely a lot of like, I, I do a lot of berries for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so you're having a definitely a balanced meal. If you wanted to add some sort of vegetable on the side, you could maybe not together with the. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that would definitely add your fiber in there as well, but you don't have to, um, like I said, I it's a, a lo- smaller, uh, it's a smaller meal. I think a lot of people don't think about adding vegetables to their eggs. I really like adding, you know, peppers and broccoli and other types of yummy vegetables to my eggs. One of my clients added beans, which is mm-hmm. a starch, but protein to our eggs. And I tried, it was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that could be another way to add vegetables to breakfast. You can even do on smoothie, like cauliflower is great in smooth. Like I think I have, a, I do I have a recipe with cauliflower and strawberries work beautifully in smoothies. I bet you just scared a lot of people right now. You can't even, you know, when I first (laughs) tried it, I know when I first tried it, I was like, no. And, and then I put it together and I couldn't believe how good it was. You cannot taste the cauliflower and it was raw. It was amazing. Really? drank it. Yeah. I'm telling you, give it a try. Give it a try. Well, that's, I was that I'll skip one of our next questions here and go back to it. But you kind of talked about the, the cauliflower smoothie so that's kind of one example of a recipe. What are some of your other favorite recipes in the cookbook? You mentioned a, a ratatouille, I think, with all the vegetables in the yep, slow cooker. Yep. And then I a actually cauliflower have, smoothie that I'm going to try. I will try yes. that. Um, I also have um, like cinnamon roasted nuts. I have some date nut bars. Again, so something like this, people might be afraid of having dates, you know, if they have diabetes, but... Mm-hmm remember everything here, I calculated the calories and the grams of sugar. So you're using a cup of pitted dates, you're using some tart cherries, but you're also using almonds in here um, and some fat, the shredded coconut. Though I don't like it. Yeah, it's very tasty. Even though it's a saturated fat, it's just used a small amount for a little bit extra flavor and some fat also. Um, But those come out really nice. I have a pineapple spinach smoothie. Yum. So again, you're incorporating some protein with the fruit so right, you have a little course, bit yeah. more balance. Um, I mean, you have a vegetable with a fruit, so you have a little, and I have Greek yogurt for protein. So I really try to incorporate numerous food groups in there. Um, some other ones I have is like a salmon and white bean salad with fennel and orange. Um, and so that one has salmon for the protein. You have some baby spinach and fennel. Um, some mandarin oranges, which go for your carbs, and then some uh, cannellini beans. So again, you see I'm pulling together dishes that have a variety of food groups to balance out those vegetables, those proteins, and those, you know, starchy types of foods. And they're simple. It sounds, but like fennel, that's not, that's not an ingredient that most people would think about eating, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's easy. And I I hear a lot, I need more recipes. I need more ideas. I'm tired with my food. I know it's healthy, but I I want something a little bit, a little bit different. And so I think it takes some, it takes some effort to find those simple, easy recipes, but just incorporating those different flavors makes living a healthy lifestyle. I think a lot more sustainable because you don't get so bored with it. I agree. And um, one of the things I'm actually known for um, is simplicity. I don't think we should be cooking as, as beautiful and amazing as when you watch the chefs and they make these creations. That's when I dine out when I want something like that. <laughs> yeah. But for every day, I don't need that. And so yeah. I really try to look at ingredients that are inexpensive to buy, um, ones that you can find easily in your stores that you don't have to go Googling around for everything. Um, you know, and, and that you can even make a couple meals from. 
Um, and so that's what is in this book and all my other books, um, because that's how I cook. And I'm a mom of three. Like, I don't have time to go find special ingredients and make it fancy schmancy. Yep. Nope. Me but t- tasty, <laughs> yes. Tasty, yes. My dad, I always kind of come back to something that my dad says, and that's keep it simple, stupid. So whenever I start getting (laughs) complicated or something like that, he'll just say, keep it simple, stupid. So I I love that. So tell me a little bit more about how snacks and appetizers and beverage can fit into this plan because like, you know, social things happen. And and when we go out to like the Super Bowl party that just happened, I saw you posted a good dip recipe about, about that, I think on LinkedIn, but um, so how do we eat snacks and appetizers and beverages in a way that's not going to kind of wreck our blood sugar levels? So snack is not obviously part of your plate, um, but yeah. a lot of people do eat one or two snacks a day. And so you do want to make them high in fiber. Um, you know, if it has some healthy fat in it, that's great. Some protein in there. So if you're going to see at a, at a party, like a dip, um, let's say a hummus dip and you have some carrots with it, that's a nice snack. Um, and that's something, you know, you have the protein in there and then you have um, yeah, the vegetable with fiber in there. So that's a really nice snack if, if you're living with diabetes. Um, and so that's how basically snacks can fit in. I also have like a, ru- a ruby red ice pop. And in there too, I'll put some yogurt in there and I'll put a little bit of fruit. And that's another, again, remember I balance everything so you're not getting like a lot of grams of, of carbs or sugar in right. there. Right. So that's another way just to get yourself from one meal to the next to make sure your blood sugar doesn't drop very low. Um, mm-hmm. And some other snacks that I have is like a whole grain vegetable tortilla pizza. So remember, tortillas are super thin. And so you can put some vegetables on there and a little bit of cheese and you have a nice, well-balanced snack. You can even put, if you want a little bit of chicken on there um, mm-hmm. for some protein. And so that, again, you're using the same concepts to incorporate all these foods that are on your plate. Even if you have uh, two of them in a snack, it's, it's nice. Mm-hmm. How about beverages? Where do those, I, water obviously is our beverage of choice, but. Mm-hmm. So I actually have some really nice beverages. I did a whole chapter on beverages. Um, I think one of my favorite beverages that I did was a strawberry lemonade and I used mm-hmm. fresh lemons and I, put the le- uh, the strawberries inside so it it absorbs like the lemonade absorbed that flavor and it came out so good and it def- it does have a little bit of of uh, stevia in there for mm-hmm. for some you know a little sweetness, sweetness yeah. you need a little bit of sweetness there um, but if you do have any kind of calorie containing beverages like a smoothie or you know any kind of the lemonades or I have a spritzer in here too um, you just want to make sure that you balance it out with some other food in there. So you can have like a protein, um, like in the smoothies, you saw how I added like I have tofu in there or I added spinach. So that's what I did with that. If you're going to have a drink um, with some carbs in it, then I'd have it alongside uh, something that can help slow the digestion if it has some sugar in it. That would be so some fiber, some protein, some fat, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Like a bread with some nut butter on it, some crackers with nut butter on it, uh, just to help slow the digestion down. That's all. Okay. So you've challenged me in two ways. Now I need to try tofu in a smoothie because. Oh, that I- <laughs> one's good too. I do it in soups too to add because like yeah. you can add it with like a pea soup to help again. So then you can have, you know, like a vegetable in there or you can have, cause it can count as a vegetable or protein. And then you have more protein from the tofu and that can help slow the digestion of it. So it works really nicely. 
The only place I've ever liked tofu is at Noodles and Company when they made, I don't know, some sort of bowl and, and they made it just right. And I tried to make it at home and it was not very good. So I should probably work because it's a great, it's a great food. It's healthy. It's, you know, something I know that I should eat more of. Um, so I will try that in a smoothie because you can pretty much throw anything in a smoothie and blend it up. And especially like we talked about something like cauliflower or tofu, that's a little more flavor neutral, but it with other it. healthy stuff that does taste good. And then you're getting the benefit without <laughs> maybe the texture. Use the use. silken tofu. That's okay. the one for smoothies, the firm or extra firm. That's the one you can cut up and do in a stir fry. So maybe tofu, that's what I was doing wrong. Or that <laughs> could be, yeah. So that could, and then, yeah, it can break up. And when you make the smoothie, so yeah, yeah. Use the silken one and you don't need a ton of it. You just a little bit just to add some protein to your cool. smoothie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, you know, I'm big on disease prevention. That's my, mm-hmm. that's my huge passion. I've seen the end results of, of chronic disease and I want to help people avoid that. And, and what, if you, if you could get, tell somebody listening to this podcast, what's one piece of advice that you would recommend that they do in their life to prevent or better control type two diabetes? What would that be? So in terms of bettering control um, type 2 diabetes, um, it really has to do with just a healthy lifestyle. This plate method, or if another method works better for you, but this plate method is done to make your life super easy so you can keep that blood sugar under control and that A1C, which translates how your blood sugar control over the past few months has been acting. Mm -hmm. So really eating the way you're supposed to eat. And it sounds easy, but it's no, not. It's and not. that's why working with a professional to help guide you, like a registered dietitian and your physician can mm-hmm. really, getting that support, if you know someone else who has it and doing it together, um, that can really help you stay on track. And then, of course, um, physical activity is a really important component, as is getting enough sleep and yes. you know, making sure. I'm also into like the wholesome, healthy lifestyle, but to have you know, anxiety and stress under control, um, again, those are different professionals. If you need to speak to somebody, I, I certainly encourage it because it's multifaceted. There's multiple components um, that you need to take care of. So just being able to take care of me, sometimes we forget about our me time and our taking care of me. And, and I think that's one way. If you could just do a little bit of focus on you more than you have been, that can absolutely help. And it's not selfish. I have to tell people it is okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay to take care of yourself. It's okay to spend time and money on yourself because the better you care for yourself, the better you show up for yourself, the better you can care for other people and show up for other people. That's Um, exactly it. Yeah. I think we have to do that. So I kind of teach it or think of it, at least in my own mind, as four pillars to a healthy lifestyle, the nutrition, the exercise, the sleep, the stress, and then we kind of go on from there. But I think it helps to have that more systematic approach. And and I think you kind of hit it on on the head when you said we have to kind of start with food. You know, it really does. It starts with nutrition because that will optimize your exercise. That will optimize your sleep. That will optimize your stress management if you're feeding your body well. So I think that it's so important to really put a strong emphasis on, um, just living a healthy lifestyle. A diet for a week or two is not going to cut it. You have to figure out a way to make this sustainable. So I'll definitely be getting my dad a copy of your book, but tell me when it comes out, the Create Your Plate Method. By the way, I'm giving you a virtual high five for that because I love that advice. It's totally mine. It's totally (laughs) what I I believe in as well. Um, So the Create Your Plate Method, it comes out um, 
March 17th, which is St. Patrick's Day. Okay. And it's available right now to pre-order on Amazon. Well, congratulations on your new cookbook and good luck on all of your future endeavors. Thank you so much for sharing your time and your expertise and your knowledge with my podcast listeners. I know that they're going to get a lot of value from today's episode. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Okay. I'll talk to you later. Thank you. So there you have it. I hope that you enjoyed this interview with Toby Amador as much as I did. Whether you or a loved one has diabetes or if you're just looking for some nutritional advice on how to prevent diabetes, I hope that you got a lot of value from today's episode. Real quick, if you have not already, please go ahead and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're feeling extra nice, I would love if you left me a review. Those subscriptions and reviews help it get seen by more people so that I can help as many people as possible. Next week, I'm talking about a really popular topic, and that's what to do when the scale doesn't move. I get this question all of the time from clients and course members, and unfortunately, sometimes it has to do with mindset blocks. They're looking for a quick fix for weight loss, and I have to tell you, friends, that just doesn't happen. If you want to lose weight and keep it off, you have to have the right mindset. So I'll be talking all about mindset and also some practical things that you can do to start losing weight again if you've reached a plateau. So I hope you tune in same time, same place next week. Bye for now.